What's up, guys? Welcome to the For Your Thoughts podcast, where psychology, pop culture, and self meet. You already know who it is. Um, my voice is a little bit awry because I was screaming basically all weekend. I was screaming like on Sunday for sure at my friend's like twerk workout event situation. Literally, I lo- had no voice by Sunday night. It was that much fun just screaming while my friends twerk and while women that I don't even know twerk. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing. And I think it's just what a lot of, um, well shit, that's what I do. I was like everyone's hype woman, of course. And of course I was throwing that thing too. But what's up guys? It's been two weeks. Um, or has it been two weeks? I believe, no, it's been one. I don't know, but I'm here. Hey, what to do? And I hope you guys had a great past couple of weeks and stuff like that. The weather is doing what it has to do. And like I always say, like the seasons be hitting so different here that my last two weekends or even this, like yeah, last two weekends and especially last weekend was just ridiculously fun in a sense to where, okay, like I'm telling my friends, let's reel it back y'all. Let's reel it back because it's like, I feel like everyone is just super duper OD hype now that we, can kind of be outside last summer last spring we could not be outside at all we were all in the house so the fact that we get to kind of be outside feel more comfortable seeing our friends and then the weather is doesn't like doing what it needs to do everyone's acting like they just turned 21 years old and I'm like y'all we gotta chill we gotta chill but me me included me included so yeah my last weekend was pretty fun but honestly like you know when it gets a bit too much fun like relax type of shit um it was like that so like in the words of our sister cardi b it was up and stuck but from my personal preference these days it was a a bit too it was uh it was stuck up there for way too long way too long and sidebar with that with that being said me and my brother and my cousin and my brother's girlfriend learned the entire choreography to up and it's a blast and now all i hear in my head is if it's up then it's lean then it's Whoop. then it's yeah I'm just kidding yeah but if it's up and stuck and it was way too stuck and up this past weekend but it was so much fun um like I believe yeah like, like I said before it's just everyone is just like super hyped to be outside but I'm like y'all we have all summer let's tone it down so I'm like really big as of lately or the past couple of years like balance is like where I feel the best so that's where I be trying to be. So that's, we gonna see child. We gonna see how this summer is looking like, but I know it's gonna be so much fun. This weekend, my brother and his girlfriend are coming to New York. It would be my brother's first time in New York. He's been to like Jersey and stuff, but never the city. Um, I think I can tell you guys, I believe he said I could. He did, he said I could. Um, he got into Juilliard and he is still waiting on another um option for grad school you guys know he's into acting and things like that so so proud of him so we're gonna like tour Juilliard have lunch with the people from there super duper exciting um so this weekend's gonna be so cute I can't wait to just like be in my space with my brother because like I don't know why but none of my brothers have come to visit yet and yes I'm calling all out for that but thankfully they are coming. Well, one of them is coming. My little brother is coming this weekend. So that should be fun. It's gonna be a good time. Um, and yeah, y'all. So for this episode, um, I will be giving you guys some older content um, because I'm human and I booked the guest for the wrong date. I booked the person for next week and I'm just like, well, work smarter not harder so what we're gonna do I have so much content in the vault that I feel like the amount of people that listen to me now like weren't able to hear because it's older so whenever I don't have a guest I'm definitely going to just shoot that content out until it's all out of the vault so that's what that's what you guys will be listening to for the interview portion later but until then I'm going to continue these updates um yeah so I have a couple of updates but nothing too crazy y'all's girl or our girl franny my plant my fern she is flourishing i'm like seeing actual new leaves coming out and flipping out like a whole mom so that's i didn't when people was like plant mom plant dad he ha yeah yeah, yeah. 
I was like, yeah, that's cute. But really, now I know exactly what they were talking about. And I am just super proud because the lady told me that she, like everyone kills their first plant. And I'm just like, I really believe that. And that was kind of a testament to the fact that like, yo, people are gonna project what they couldn't do on you. Cause like my plant isn't dying. And then my other friend told me that his plant didn't die. So he was like, don't listen to that. And guess what? I didn't listen to that. So Franny is doing what she has to do. Um, but that was just like, dang, people really be like telling you what you can't do before you even do it because they didn't do it. A word, like, how dare you? My Franny is doing just fine. But anyway, so Franny's flourishing, shout out to her. And with talk about growth and flourishing. So I've been on this like new natural hair journey situation. And like, I decided to not manipulate my hair for a year to see what happens. So that's why y'all see the straight hair going down. Definitely it's like a cute little wig situation, um, but I'm not gonna manipulate. So braiding and doing anything that's extra on my head for a year just to see what the growth is. I know a lot of people who did that and it was just an insane amount. And also like not even just growth, but like healthy growth. That's what I'm focused on. So I trimmed it and then I'm just like focused on the healthy growth of my natural hair. So at the end of the year, your girl was gonna pop out with that and that's gonna be cute. So um, yeah, if y'all have any natural hair, other tips that are like low manipulation styles, I'm down for that because I'm honestly over this hairstyle, I think. And I just want something, you know, just chill. But um, I don't know, I miss my curls. So something close to that, but low manipulation. Cause the thing is like when you just, well, my type of hair, if you tug at it too much, it like does a lot of breakage. So just doing different styles like that, it's cute, it's fun, but it will um, break out your hair if you don't, you know, take care of it right. So I, I just wanted to give it like a year of like no touching, just to, an experiment to see what's gonna happen. Then I'll be back to doing all the things and my curls be back and all of that. So yeah, y'all send me tips on that. That's something that I found like a newfound love in. It's just like hair and stuff, all types of like braids, weave, wigs, natural, short, long, whatever. Like I really didn't know how much I actually like to do that and experiment with stuff like that. And I really do. So holla at Chaguala. Um, And then next on my list of things to talk about is about like upcoming sponsored content that's gonna be coming out and that I'm going to need y'all support on that. So support is gonna look like even just clicking something, saving a post, liking it, viewing the full story, listening to the full podcast. Like those things are what go into the analytics and what help them know that, hey, I should hit this girl up to promote this stuff because her people actually listen, actually care. You know what I'm saying? So I'll like go more into that once the content is up, but I have a really cool one coming up that I was like, oh my God, this is dope. So happy about that. And um, yeah. Um, what else has been going on? Same old, same old as far as like, I guess career and school and stuff though. I'm still on the same thing. Um, so if any new updates happen with that, y'all be the first to know. And okay, one thing, I wanna make sure I don't forget anything before we go into this interview. Okay, I think that's pretty much all my updates. For the most part, it is. So this is the last one. I wanna talk about Sunday's event. So Sunday's event was my friend Lynette. She had an amazing like twerk workout event and it was at this really dope boxing gym that she boxes at and we got three free boxing training sessions. So I can't wait to use those th th to use those this summer. I'm over here stumbling on my word, child, because I haven't eaten today. All right, let's slow it down. But yeah, so that event was amazing. My girl in it's from, she's my grad school girl and she's a powerhouse producer. She throws events, she does all of the things. And it was just so dope to just see women who care about their fitness and their body, but also like having fun, like twerking it out, unlimited drinks. And it was an actual workout. And I'm like, I didn't even know some muscles in my ass like existed that was moving and grooving and shaking. I'm like, wow, like they, like it was, the isolation of it all and just everything. Like Megan the Stallion, that's what she be doing. We learned that type of stuff. And it's just interesting how the female body works, and especially black women, like all booties matter, all of them matter. It's like everything does what it needs to do. And it's just like, 
really was much so empowering in a sense of like sexuality and liberation and body and then just like sisterhood because the fact that no men were there but like the dj and the videographer i think we we are naturally like we naturally um how do i say this sisterhood comes natural to us literally we're all in there helping each other out rooting for each other and afterwards bonding talking about like who we are what we do da, da, da. and it was honestly a really special experience and also like um i've said before on previous episodes the hips for women hold so much trauma and so much pain and so much liberation everything so when we dance like that's why we feel so good that's why we, we feel so happy like letting that loose and beyond dancing we stretched it all out we did like y'all my body is just now recuperating from that event and I will definitely a lot of people hit me with like oh my god where were you at I will definitely post more about it when she has another one shout out to Lynette but yeah y'all let's get into this interview with me and Lynette on her show the Eloise show I will definitely be putting the description for the YouTube and the actual show in the bio or whatever and also this episode was on like live tv which was super cool it, i don't remember the today y'all i don't remember a lot of things but i don't remember the exact channel but your girl was on oh it was bronxnet bronxnet tv yep mm-hmm. bronxnet tv i remembered maybe like a couple weeks ago so all that to say, it's a great show. She has an amazing, amazing guest outside of me. And yeah, but th with this, you guys will get to know more about me. Although I feel like if you listen to this, you know me, at least most of me. So this will just be a little bit more and just another angle for someone asking me the question. So enjoy, guys. And I will see y'all next week. Um, love y'all so much. Don't forget to... Do all the liking, the subscribing, run that YouTube up, um, leave reviews on Apple, share with your friends, share it on Instagram, word of mouth is that girl, and love you guys, for real. Penny, welcome to the Eloise Show. Please tell me, how are you doing? I'm doing really, really good. I'm glad to be here. I'm happy we finally got to connect. I feel like we've been talking about this, about this for a minute, so I'm glad that we are actually doing something together um like one-on-one -on -one, you know so I'm happy yes I, I'm super stoked about it as well I'm gonna cut on your camera cool um on this end your so, glasses are cute thank you <laughs> I can see <laughs> um but yeah no so so what's super cool um is yeah we've been talking about this for a while I know you've had your podcast um which is amazing you're on episode eight 18, right? 16, 18. I believe so, around there. I think we're like around the same episodes. Oh 16, my goodness, 18. exciting. exciting. Yes. But like when your podcast was like literally just starting, I think we were in a class together um, with Nada. Hi, Nada, if you're watching. Yes, love you, Nada. <laughs> um, and you were talking about, you know, the concept of for your thoughts and like what you wanted to do with it. So I think it'd be really good if you could just like, you know, go into like, what your podcast is mostly about. Okay, should I is should I start my camera? Yes, please. <laughs> I, press, I, press it. I think it says it says you can't start. Yeah. Oh, maybe I have to make you a co-host again. Okay. So yes. Here we go. We're good. You should be good now to start it. Okay, we're good. Hey, okay. So basically like where psychology, pop culture and self meet is exactly what that is, where psychology, pop culture and self meet. Um, I've always been like a super duper lover of pop culture. Like I do like reality TV. I love music. I love concerts and I love all of that. And I feel like it's a lot of people like that. Um, and it's like a, a space to implement mental health that I feel like that has not been tapped into. And a lot of people who are in pop culture have mental health issues and things like that. So it's kind of like a space to bridge the gap between cool and conscious. Um, we're all humans. We all have our shit. And it's kind of like making, I guess, it's the daunting talk of mental health kind of not as daunting because we all go through shit for real. Like we really, really do. Um, so I kind of like use stories like Kanye um, and like his bipolar and, and maybe um, Tentacion and his um, depression and like how he became who he was and things like that. Because obviously there's a lot of people relating to these artists for a reason. And if they can like 
see their problems through them and in like a empathetic and humanistic way I feel like we can all just more so understand each other more um so yeah it's where psychology pop culture and self meet we kind of like dissect a lot of different psychological theories um but we also like shoot the shit and talk about like things that might seem mindless to some people but you know it's like it's just like twitter culture black culture like all that all mixed together all so it's like that safe space. Up into one sounds like a very fun conversation mm-hmm. um so obviously your background is in psychology so how do you feel like your your bachelor's i know i didn't send you this but it just came to my yeah how do you think your bachelor's really plays into like um what you do as a host not only for your uh thoughts but also like in your live hosting um experiences for example, when you did virtual virtual vibes. Mm-hmm. So I think that, well, I feel like I've always been a very empathetic person and it's someone who truly sees people like for who they are at the core and like not what the world has done to them. So I feel like psychology kind of helped me in a sense to ways to relate to people and how to pick up on certain things that people say that might be like a vulnerable point of them, but actually like what they wish somebody would see like within them. So whenever I'm interviewing or talking to even friends and people, I pick up on those things and that's my way of connecting is seeing like that vulnerable side, that empathetic side that we all have, but you know, some people, some people just don't show it, you know, and that's my way of connecting. Some people like, I don't even want to use the word guarded because I just feel like everyone presents differently. And so for some, sure. people, some people can present as if they have guards or maybe nonchalant or maybe standoffish, but can be very warm and bubbly individuals. Um, and I think you have a great, like a great knack for like hosting and like, you Thank know, you with people I kind of want to get into the topic in your last episode so an episode it was episode 16 uh was released last week Wednesday is that the 21st mm-hmm. um featured, uh, featured a yoga hidden structure um Melanie Nicole which by the way I've never heard of someone doing yoga and high intensity training it's fire it's the best workout I've ever had it's life-changing I really you do it with me we'll do it together I'm really interested in trying that out like mm-hmm. it's know, great Keep it right, trying to keep it tight forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you guys, you guys actually didn't talk. Um, the focus, I should say, rather, of the conversation wasn't really health. It was about attachment style. And so yeah. that was like the first time I had even even heard about attachment style. So can you go into like really? a little further and without revealing too much? Because obviously we want everyone to watch the podcast. Yeah. So basically, so we talk a lot about like zodiac signs. Like we think that Scorpios are crazy as hell and they're like extremely sexual. So they'll cheat on you. We talk about like how cancers are, are wait, are you, you're a Scorpio? No, I'm laughing because we're in Scorpio. Oh, I know. Oh yeah, that's you. That's how, I'm like, you're a Virgo. Okay. Um, yeah, we talk about how cancers are super emotional, but then it's like, we need to t- start to talk about like how we connect as like human beings, like on an intimate le- level. So your attachment style is a theory that Mary Ainsworth, she's like a psychologist from back in the day came up with. It's basically like how you bond and how you interact and how you attach in your intimate relationships. And it was actually developed and it's always developed like from your caregiver or your parent and how they choose you and how you guys wanted within that. So you have like a secure attachment, which is mostly like you're pretty independent you are okay with asking for help and giving help, um, but you like your independence and you see your partner, you're there for your partner, but you know how to have your own life. You know, it's one of those couples, it's like they have their lives separate and then together. That's like pretty much healthy, right? And then you have your anxious preoccupied, which is somebody who kind of fears abandonment. And it's like, they kind of cling to their partner or cling to whoever and need that reassurance to know that their partner loves them and is there. Like if their partner doesn't answer the phone, one day, but they always answer the phone. They think that something went wrong or that, you know, they start freaking out about how their partner feels about them. And then you have your dismissive, which is someone who basically is super duper distant. It's like, they don't even want to know what love is. They've heard all the shitty things about it and they are okay. Like they, like those, I can do battle by my battle by myself type of people. And they're totally fine with that. Although that's not realistic because humans need like that bonding. And that's a part of like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is intimate relationships, but they're like, nah, I'm good on it. Um, so we have independent, the abandonment. So we have secure, we have avoidant. Avoidant. And then, no, we don't, secure, anxious, anxious, and then dismissive, avoidant. And then the last one is fearful, avoidant, which is a mixture of the dismissive and the um, anxious. So that's somebody who is scared of the pain that comes from love. 
So it's like, they'll be all like, they're like the roller coaster side. Like they'll be all in and then they'll might withdraw when it's too much. Um, but they really do want that love, but they're more so afraid of the pain. So they're real flip floppy with it. Like the wishy-washy type. Right. Um, and that basically, yeah, it's, it's developed like when you're younger and just kind of like, if your parent kind of like cared to your knees in a secure way, or if you, if your parent was kind of distant, you know, like it all plays a role. And it's also all a spectrum also. Like it can change in, in relationships. It can change after like getting cheated on. It can change, you know, with self-work and stuff like that. And I feel like everyone's not one. You might sway towards the other, but it's a, it's a spectrum. So the importance of that is I feel like we're in these relationships and we're always like, what happened? Like, why didn't it work? Like, he's a great person. I'm a great person. Like what really happened? It's like, we need to like learn that relationships are true work and true commitment, right? So like knowing your attachment style and knowing your partners, like if you're secure and your partner's anxious, you know that when they're flipping shit and like, why, you did, why didn't you text me back? It's like, you can tell them, yo, like this is why I didn't, you know, explain yourself, but you guys can come to a common ground because you know that they're not coming from a place of like, you know, like being crazy or whatever. That's just how like they perceive, you know, your actions. So just understanding each other better, better, for better intimate relationships. Yeah. So, yeah. That's actually really, really good because, you know, you talk about love languages and you talk about mm-hmm. you know, people look at Zodiacs all, all the time, but I had never heard of attachment style. And so that's, that's actually. What do you think yours is? Oh my God. So I was Definitely listening. Mine. I think I know, but I, I don't know that I want to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not, and, and the thing is, um, only like 50 to 40 percent actually have the, the secure one like pe- people don't have that definitely not like I'm, I'm definitely not that I'm anxious I'm anxious and then sometimes I can be um secure it depends I'm just starting to be secure with me obviously reading and learning about it all right I think so it's interesting because it's um like your relationship style but I feel like if we were talking about like self-style like self-awareness style or something like that I feel like my answer would change but in terms of relationship per- perception of other people and reading mm-hmm. other people I think I might be anxious as well yeah no I'm anxious for sure More like <laughs> yeah and like overthinking things and like taking little signs it is it is it must be a Virgo thing, I think, because we're analyzers so like you know you send K with no period it's like it's like are you mad like do you not care about me (laughs) what's going on and what I learned also um I went to I forgot like uh the readers you know like the I forgot what they're called the zodiac reader type of things and they told me that that perfectionism can kill us and I have Virgo like in my moon no in my Uranus also so like we should watch out for that and overanalyzing overthinking perfectionism in our work and relationships can like block a lot of our blessings. You know, it's crazy. I'm earth heavy. Like I'm, I, I think my rising is Capricorn, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, one of mine is Capricorn too. If not Aquarius, no, my, or is my moon, sorry, my rising might be Aquarius and my moon is Capricorn or something like that, but I'm super earth heavy. Mm-hmm. Like throughout my chart, there's hella Capricorn, hella Virgo little bit of Taurus so I'm just like the ground man You're just like grounded yeah but I don't see it I feel like I'm all over the place all the no time. like from perception wise I've always seen you as someone who's super grounded and like just super no I really have seriously <laughs> that's dope thank you yeah so okay so let's get let's get into it let's uh let's talk about more about your podcast mm-hmm um, so again, this is, we just spoke a little bit about episode 16, but there's episodes one through 15, which are also fire. So everyone should check those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you think makes for your thoughts different from like other podcasts that are out there? Um, and how do you see it growing? So I think that it's different because I actually do my research and I'm actually kind of trying to break down the psychological theories to people like you and me, you know, our audience and even people like younger than us, like, and, um, I think that that's what makes a difference. Like we can talk about it and, you know, talk about mental health and things like that, but who's really like dissecting it? Who's talking about different medications, addictions from like a, I guess, textbook level, but translating over to a way that we can all understand and relate. And we're still like having fun and like 
you know, shooting this shit as well. And um, what else makes it different? I think that's like the main thing that makes it different. And also I feel like it's going to grow just simply based off of people right now realizing that mental health really does matter. Like, I feel like I've preached this for like my whole, since I was like 16 years old, but um, I feel like now people are, are kind of like, oh, like we need to work on our mental health, especially with the quarantine and everything that's happening now. Um, and I feel like now there'll be more shows that are focused on like the betterment of your mental health and yourself and things like that. So hopefully it grows that way. Um, and yeah. You know, um, what I think is really interesting too, like, I feel like COVID kind of helped bring awareness to mental health issues. Cause a lot of people were stuck at home and they had to sit with themselves or families and so it brought to light like a lot of internal issues for a lot of people I feel like no it it definitely did and it's like I feel like if if people aren't using this time to self-reflect and to dig deep it's like the best time because you can like spend a day crying if you have to as long as you tap into zoom your zoom call on time like you can really spend that time digging deep and figuring out like what's wrong what you need to heal and like who you are what you really like outside of you know, what you thought that you liked with, you know, with your friends and stuff, because it's just you now. So I think it's a great time to truly like dig deep. That's yeah. what I'm doing. So. <laughs> what does it say if, if someone maybe hasn't been digging deep in all this time? What if like someone has maybe been avoiding the self-reflection time? What does, what does that mean? I mean, that means that they're afraid of like really figuring out what's wrong. Cause it, it's very scary. Like, and it's not like, as soon as you figure it out, you're going to be you know, happy or whatever the case, or come out on the other side, as soon as you figure it out, it actually gets worse. Cause now you're aware of what is bringing about all these problems. And now you have to actually dig deep and figure it out. That's a scary, dark place. So I feel like people avoid that. They work a lot. They do all kinds of things to just not tap in there. Um, but you should, it's worth it for the long haul. It's worth it. It's like for better relationships and just to feel better, you know? It's also like you then become accountable for your space once you acknowledge your shit yeah like, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly like once you know you're like you can't even give yourself excuses anymore like oh crap this is my mess I guess mm-hmm. I have to clean it up now mm-hmm. you start to feel guilty and stuff about stuff that you always would do you're like damn I shouldn't have done that because I know better now but all right so okay so what about what about like mental health as it relates to um the black community? You know that's like a uh Charlemagne the God's uh favorite topic right now, talking about anxiety and mental health. And obviously, like I I know I personally I love Charlemagne because uh because of the space that he takes up in the media landscape. And I think he has a truly unique voice. Um, so I think it's great that he does touch upon the, you know, the issue of mental health as it relates to the, to the black community, but what are your thoughts on, on it? On Charlemagne or? Oh, no, not on him. Well, okay. well I love Charlemagne too. Oh, pause yeah. my question real quick. How do you feel about Charlemagne? Are you, are you pro? Oh, I love him and I'm, I'm left his growth and everything. And, and I'm happy for him to be a pioneer in a space that I am like working in and trying to get towards. So I'm happy that he made that a thing as well, you know? So like him, Oprah, um, Natalie Nunn is doing it now a little bit too. Dr. Beth. Yeah, she's like, she... Club? No, oh my God, no. <laughs> yeah. oh. But I forgot, no, her, they have the same name though. Like, <laughs> like what? That's what? wild. She was in, I feel like I think they're having a Bad Girls Club reunion thing going on. But anyways, yeah, not her. <laughs> but um, I'm really grateful for them. But how I feel about mental health in the Black community, I feel like people need to like really start going to therapy for real. Like we say it all the time, but I don't really think people are actually going and doing it. And one thing I don't think is pushed enough with that talk is about medication. I feel like us as African-Americans are so afraid of like, medication and feeling like something's wrong with us and that we have to like you know use something to alter the way that we're thinking and I am like an advocate for not staying on medication for the rest of your life but getting on medication to get to a point where you need to get to to then flourish because sometimes you're so deep in this hole of like whatever it is depression or anxiety that you don't even see like your reality is kind of distorted a little bit and 
that medication helps you click and be like, oh, this is what the world looks like. Oh shit. Okay. And then you can like go forward from there. So I feel like, um, therapy, of course, and the talk about medication needs to be talked about more. And then also addictions and, um, what's it called? Like, is it called self-loathing or self-medicating? I feel like we have our happy hours. We have our smoking a blunt. We have all of that, but there's a point to where you're actually self-medicating and masking all of your problems. And I think that needs to be talked about a lot more too. Speaking of smoking a blunt, shameless plug for an amazing brand, Simply Smoking. (laughs) So amazing smoke accessories such as ashtrays, lighters, um, little places for you to like store your tobacco or marijuana if you're in a state that has medical marijuana. Shop simplysmoking.com. <laughs> oh, and speaking of plugs, this shirt is Black of Any. Shop blackofany.com as well. <laughs> and no, these people don't pay me for this. I just really love their brands. Um, black businesses. <laughs> both black owned businesses. One is Haitian. I just I just figured, I know you. I figured they were. <laughs> the other, the other brand, Simply Smoking, is actually owned by two. Um, black women. So I think that that's also dope to, uh, to be a part, uh, to support, a, to sort, to support two black women, um, black women in the canvas space. Do you think, so, you know, you said something interesting and I like, it made me wonder, like, do you think that, um, the, it's solely a fear of like the stigma being like the stigma of being crazy that people, um, that particularly black people don't, want to like go to therapy or take medication or or is it also probably a little bit of mistrust in our medical system like you know the fact that it just seems like way too often um black children are over over um really medicated with like medicated and all that type of stuff yeah do you think it or is it both i think it's the like the first thing is definitely that um that's a point that I honestly have not like dived into at all but that's very true like doctors don't give that many fucks about us a lot of the times I've even even been a therapist sometimes where I can tell that I'm just another number to them and as soon as I peep that like I'm out of there but there are like mental health care providers that seriously do care and you can find them especially if you find a black therapist or someone of color like they genuinely do care but I would say don't get turned off by the ones that don't. And it's just like a feeling thing, like an intuition type of thing. Um, And also doing your own research and knowing like what, like how medicine works and what's too much, like if someone needs it, if someone doesn't and stuff like that. And then a third thing is sometimes I feel like, like PTSD, anxiety is so normal to us. Like it's embedded, like we are always on edge and on cue because like that's, we had to be like, it goes back to slavery. It's like who it's a part of our essence so much that it's not even seen as a problem. It just seems as like the normal, the way that like my mom is, my mom always did this and they always did that. So it doesn't seem like it was an issue, but generationally now that we're, you know, being able to like self-discover a little bit more and have space to freaking breathe a little bit, barely a little bit though. Like it, those things are actually like mental health problems that if we were to get rid of, we can just be better people. So I think it's like taking the time to be like, dang, like, is this normal that I'm doing this all the time? Even if my mom doesn't and everyone else does it and like breaking that generational, like, you know, curse or whatever. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and I, I think I saw, I saw a post yesterday and I know obviously Instagram isn't the best place to get information, but it does have sometimes some very inspiring things or some things that like, it'll bring to like some very thought provoking, like things, whether it be in a comical perspective and, or like in a serious note, on a serious note. And um, I saw something that, that it was like, it showed this woman and she like, she was an older woman and it said like her parent, like her parents were slaves. So, but that like, that's how old she was. And so like, it's like whenever people are like get over slavery or, you know, remember that there are still people alive who's, whose parents um, experienced this. So that, that's kind of crazy. No, it's wild. It's not that far. It's not, it wasn't that long ago. Like that people want to say it's, it was this and this. No, it's, it wasn't that long ago. And the constitution is still the same 
from like right after it. So like, you know, what's really, what's really good. So. Yeah. Um, like, so, so a lot of what's happening right now in the world, as it relates specifically to people of color, it's, it's very, um, just, it's amazing what's happening. You have a lot of firsts, you know, we've had a lot of firsts up till now, but you still have a lot of firsts Mm -hmm. and, and particularly what's happening in the media landscape, especially when you look at like the history of media and you consider the fact that like media was kind of created on the backs of, you know, black people in this country, like that most of the shows that were for entertainment were making a mockery of black people. Yeah. Um, in different forms of media, you had it in print, you had it in radio, then you had it in television. Um, you still have it in television and in movies, just in subtler, subtler, subtler ways. I'm messing up this word and I don't know why. <laughs> but but what you're also seeing to contrast that today is like you're seeing like a lot more representation, and that has to do not just with like people in front of the camera, but you have a lot of more people behind the camera i.e. the Avas, the Oprahs, the Tyler's of the world. Um, you know, Michael B. Jordan and and uh, my guy, why am I blanking on his name? The director he always worked with. I'm blanking too. Ah, it's going to hit me later in the conversation. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about that. We have, we have some amazing Black people creating um, creating some amazing work. And I say all this to say like, Bringing it back to you and and for your for your thoughts, um, you know, with Penny and Nasi podcast and and also like the other podcasts that you used to do, um, like taking up space as a black woman in media, like and not just taking up space, not speaking on anyone else's opinions, but actually speaking your own voice, like having your own voice, speaking your own opinion, I think is really, really um, important. So I just wanted to know, like. What kind of pressures do you feel? <laughs> like, what kind of weight does that put on you? What kind of pressures do you feel as a Black woman paving her way in this industry? So at first, until I kind of like sat down and tried to figure it all out, I was like, I never felt like the, I guess, the cast type or the typical type of Black girl. You know how they think that we're just like this one monolithic like person, like, we have this vibrant energy to like, of course we all, we really, we do, but it's like the way that they see us. I never felt like I fit in, like fit into that. Like um, even people saying, okay, like you talk white or you talk proper, that whole thing. The fact that I might actually watch the Kardashians, like things like that is kind of like, I, I feel like I don't never fit into that. And, um, and I'm not the super duper intelligent black girl using all these big words that like went to Yale or whatever the case may be. So she's accepted too. It's like, I fit somewhere in my own as we all do. And I think that was hard for me to realize. Cause I would see those people like the Oprah's or whoever, or like an Angela Rye or something like that. And be like, I don't like talk like her. I'm not, I'm, I don't articulate my words like her. I don't have that same knowledge and stuff like that. And I was like, that's what they want to see. And that's like, not the truth anymore. Now we're like, we see Issa Rae, We see people like Crystals from the Read podcast. We see people like carving their own spaces for who they genuinely are. And that's like helped me so much. But before that was definitely a pressure was like, I'm not talking until I figure out how to not say like so much or until I figure out how to use these big words. I'm not going to do any podcasts or anything like that. Um, Or until and I'm like even I'm like a quiet soul. Sometimes I do talk, but I'm a little I feel a little like a quiet soul sometimes. And I assume we have to be this boisterous person and stuff like that. And it's like, that's not me. Even this is, this is crazy. But in class, I was always like, oh my gosh, Lynette is so boisterous. I wish I had like enough of whatever that is that she got to be able to say what I want to say in class. Literally, I would think like, and it's like, but we're, we're so amazing in our own selves, but just different. Right. But that's like what I thought that it should look like. And I would see that in different people. I went into class. Every class that like I went into it, I was like, Lynette, you're going to be quiet and listen today. <laughs> I just could not help myself. You're going to be quiet and listen. And then something would be said or someone would say something and I'm just like, I can't hold it anymore. 
no, I loved it. I was like, yes, other black girl better talk for us. Yes, she better. <laughs> I know it's really cool too. What I um what I also love seeing in um like speaking on what you're talking about with like the diversity of what it is to be a black woman today is like the also like so you have these types, but a lot of the time people expect you to be like singular, like one thing. You're an academic or you're, you know. Like free from like 106 and Park, like, you know. Or or you're like overly sexual. And then you have, um, yeah. you know, and then, and then what Black looks like. It's like you're either African or you're African-American. Like, but now you have people, voices like, probably not the best example in the world, but kind of, yeah. You have someone like Cardi B, who is very, very overt. Sexual. Yeah. Um, maybe perfect. Um, you know, doesn't have like the, the widest vernacular in the world. However, she is very outspoken and she's not just outspoken on like relationships, but she's also very outspoken as it relates to politics. Um, and fun fact about her, she's not just Dominican. And even if she was just Dominican, she'd still be black from my perspective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Trinidadian, um, which is something that people don't speak about. So like I didn't, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's I like to remind people of that all the time because it's like, yeah, but she's Trini too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but like, but like, you have so so many people who are who are now mixed. We America is a melting pot. Mm-hmm. Um, you have so many people who are mixed, and there's a lot of people who don't really know where they fit in, especially like Black women, because society says you have to be one of these things, but but what ha- what about the girl whose mother is white and father is black and so she's black, but but she also subscribes to white culture because yeah, yeah like Tamir Mari, they they ate her up. Everybody ate her up for being like black and white and actually showcasing that on the real as a host, like they destroyed her for a moment, but it's her reality. She's black and she's white. She mm-hmm. has a white husband, like, you know, I don't know. And then I think her dad is white too. So yeah, her dad. Mm-hmm. You know, they say like you marry they say a lot of the times women go for men who are like their dad. So like, how can you shame her if like, that's where she comes from? Exactly. Um, so it's, it's just great to have all these different like women out there. Cause also like one thing with me, I think growing up was always that like, I felt like I had to pick something and I never felt like I was just one thing, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't want to just subscribe to being the academic. I feel like you can, I can be the academic and the creative. Um, yeah, and the ratchet girl that likes to have fun at a party, like like we did on your birthday. It's like, you know what I'm saying? We had so much fun, like, exactly. Oh my goodness, that was so much. I had a blast. Oh my gosh, so fun. But yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even expect that turnout. So it was, it was, it was definitely um, a good time. Then another thing though, with the responsibility thing that I've been thinking about lately is like the fact that we are like, creatives in this time of history this is a crazy time of history the pandemic the race work everything that's going on right now and like god chose us to be here in this moment like i can never take that for granted so what like it's not even pressure anymore now it's more so empowerment from like my ancestors and like the future like what am i going to do with what i have and like my creative gift in this moment to push forward like our people and in our generation like this is a very delicate special crazy this like this is going in the books right so just think about it like that it's why it gives me chills sometimes talking about it because it's just like yo you are smack dab in the middle of this and god gave you a special gift so what's up what you about to do like actually like one of the questions i asked myself when like people were rioting and protesting heavy it was like okay uh before this was a meme it was like okay lynette you used to read about revolution and you used to say who you were. And now, um, you know, there's, now's the time. So who are you? Like, what is your contribution into like, into this space? Like, how, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to help? What are you naturally good at? Um, because not everybody can march. Not everybody exactly. protests. You know, some people like, you know, there were people giving free food to, to those who were protesting, like, that was their contribution. Like they woke up and they were like, listen, I'm not about to be out here protesting, but I cook. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring them some food. I'm going to bring the food. Exactly. 
Like everyone, everyone has a role to play. Everyone um, has something to do. And I, I think that we are definitely in a historical period. And, uh, you know, we have um, an overload, sensory overload. We have an overload of content. And ironically, uh, people are people are consuming all this content, but they still want more. Like people want so much more and they want substance now, I feel mm-hmm. like. So you have a lot of people creating amazing work. Shout out to Sage Love Productions. Yeah, also, this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> who, um, who has been working on, they helped me on a project that I filmed in February that'll be coming out next year, but they just finished shooting New Safos, which is a, a Haitian superhero film, which I spoke about with one of my, my guests a couple of weeks back, Steven St. Jean. Um, at, who also is the owner of Black of Any. Um, <laughs> but, but the cool thing about that is I haven't seen, like they told me this is the first Haitian superhero film. And so, you know, I took their word for it, but then I did my research and I'm like, yo, I'm not seeing anything with a Haitian superhero. So in this moment where people are talking about Black Lives Matter and the importance of representation, like this is what Sage Love Productions is bringing to the table, which I think is great. You know, you have Take Yourself, Penny Anasi, like you have your platform, your podcast, and you're talking, you, a Black woman, are talking about, you know, pop culture, which w- will include current events, because whether you like it or not, Donald Trump is a part of pop culture, um, will include like mental health, which is an important conversation to have, especially from your perspective. Self-care, like, self-love during this time is important as well. And then, and then you're also doing it in a, in a fun way, which I think really speaks to our generation because our generation does want to have important conversations, but we don't want to be bored. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to bring this back a little bit to like when you were working with Vashti. Um, so I know you interned with her for a little bit. Um, I want to know like, what are some of the greatest lessons that you learned from her? And what were you able to carry over into the space that you're in now? I think the greatest lesson that I learned from her, honestly, is literally she made her, she made her entire everything off of who she genuinely is. Like she is a sneakerhead who loves music, who's super cute, and that's who she is. And she made her entire platform and everything off that before it was cool to do like she's like the og influencer of influencers like she's like back like myspace like blogging days like before even i feel like instagram was even a thing at all like it wasn't even made yeah so to see that she literally and and it wasn't as if like oh she was like oh sneakers are cool i'm gonna wear sneakers so i can be cool like that's just what who she was and what she loves and the way that she flowed in like life from her stories is like she forced nothing. She worked very, very hard, but she forced nothing and aligned herself with people who aligned, you know, with her beliefs and like, you know, like what she's doing, like created a good circle. And that's how she got all of her, like her opportunities, even like her first Jordan sneaker came from one of her friends. I forget, I forget his name now, but someone that was in her circle knew she loved sneakers and she was working at a label, I believe at that time. And was like, yo, do you want to be like create a sneaker? Not to even know that, yo, you're the first woman, not even black woman, woman period to create a Jordan sneaker. Like that was the first ever. And it was all based off of genuine organic relationships like this. It wasn't on no force shit. It wasn't on no, like, let me like email this person to get this. It's like off of genuine things. And another thing I learned um, from her is like, no one's perfect. Like, at all. And, and it's, and we all know that, but we think that these like influencers and these people like just have it all together and ha- no, it's like everybody's behind the scenes life is like wild. It really is. I mean, and, I told you about my day. Exactly. And you would never even think that or know that. And I love how like genuine and authentic she is like about that. And, sh- and shout out to her. She just had her first, like her baby. Yeah. Which is amazing. yeah like I might tear up, but it's so cute. And um, also she didn't subscribe to like a timeline because she is a creative and sometimes we can feel like we should have a house by now. We should have kids and a baby and all this type of stuff by now. She like let her life flow how it was. And like, she's just now like having a baby, which some people might think, okay, that's a bit later than, you know, normal or whatever. But she like rocked out and was just like having a, I don't know, just living her creative life differently than one would expect. 
And like now she's being able to live that mom life, you know, like you don't have to do things the way the textbook situation yeah. is. So she just taught me a lot about just like being yourself. She works very, very, very hard. Um, yeah. And just like, she's real flowy of a person and it just, I feel like that's an easier way to live life than just trying to force things. No, definitely. And you know who else used to say that to us all the time? Who? Nada. She yeah. No, like everything you need is already in this room. Exactly. <laughs> no, for sure. So I think I think that that's that's definitely true. Um, I feel like a lot of the projects that I've worked on recently have also been really organic. Um, and it's been within my my friend group. Like my the party that you were at, like, um, literally was full of creatives. We had a ton of filmmakers in there. We had a ton mm-hmm. of actors. Um, we had. Uh, some dancers in there, um, music production, you know, Jad, uh, hi, Jad, does musical composition, like, so you have, like, you literally had a a movie Mm -hmm. there, writers, we had writers. Everyone, every time I was, like, introduced to somebody or talking to somebody, they were all in, like, the creative space, and we were just chopping up about all kinds of things, it was, it was a good space. And then we had bartenders and a DJ. Yeah, and that (laughs) DJ was fine, that DJ was good. Fefe, yo, he he literally saved. Fefe, yeah, I literally okay. saved my life. Oh, he's DJing on Halloween at um another shameless plug. He's DJing at, on Halloween at the Zombie House, um in Flatbush. He DJs he's like a DJ there, and he DJs there frequently. He's dope though. Um, and then he also sings, but he doesn't like. I heard him sing. He has like a beautiful voice. So hopefully people that can sing never want to like sing. They are so scared to sing. If I, if I could sing, I'd be like, la, 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 I would be out there. <laughs> he's saying happy birthday, to be honest. Um, so, okay, let's bring it back to your brand overall. Um, so I definitely cyber stalked you a little bit before this, <laughs> this call. Mm-hmm. And I saw that like your, your bio mentions the importance of like empathy and the disassembly of group things. So I, I really thought that those two things were, um, they stood out to me. And I just wanted to know from your perspective, why those two things were particularly important to you, number one, but also in today's society. Yeah, so they're important to me, the empathy, because people are legit dying. Like, people are dying mentally and legit committing suicide just because they don't feel understood. And, like, empathy is, like, understanding someone, although you don't, you might not relate to what they're, you know, going through, or you you might not even, like, I guess, um, understand it per se, but you can, like, kind of have a feeling and an empathy or, or an understanding for who they are and what they're going through without having to resonate with it. So that's why empathy is so important to me. And then dismantling group thing, I just think that comes from the cancel culture situation. Like, I'm not really here for cancel culture at all. And um, I guess I'll give an example. I'm not sure if you remember, like, when it was Kehlani and Party Next Door. Do you remember that whole scandal? Oh, was it that, like, she was Irving? She cheated on him or something? Yeah, it was, like, some bullshit about, like, basically Party Next Door posted a picture with Kehlani in the bed and she was supposed to still be with Kyrie Irving. So of course all of the men on Twitter were like, Oh my God, she, you know, just went in on her and like talking hella shit about her. And the fact is no one even knows the story of what happened behind closed doors and come to find out they were broken up. And I'm not sure why party did that, but it, it wasn't what we all thought it was. And this, that landed this girl like in the hospital, she tried to commit suicide based off of like all of these trolls that she doesn't even know. And just like people who don't even know half of her story, like going in on her, calling her a hoe, trying to like basically bring down all that she's worked her hard for. And she lived, like, she's been homeless before she's worked to where she is. And for someone to take that away, that's crazy. And to me, it's like, if, if we were just to sit down and look at the story, and even if we can't look at the story, cause we don't know these people, like that could have not happened. Like a life could have been gone of a sweet person who does nothing to nobody. And I just don't like the way that people just kind of gang up without even knowing the full story. Like to me, that's groupthink. And to me, people feel more comfortable going with whatever like the popular opinion is, even if that popular opinion has lots of holes and like, honestly, half the time might not even be right, you know? And, um, and, and it's not progressive at all. So that's what I mean by dismantling groupthink. 
And that's why I think it's important to society, like, and to me. I just don't like to see people hurting just because they're, like, not understood. Because we all are hurting. And, you know, when we all want to be understood. So, like, why would we not lend that to somebody else? No, for sure. You know, I think, and I think groupthink is a toxic trait. I, uh, I honestly believe the first time I heard about groupthink was from Erica Badu. I think it was like in 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Right um, and I remember when she like came up or when I first heard that term, I was like, oh, I don't subscribe to groupthink at all. Like at all. Um, but I, it takes a lot of courage to stand alone against everyone else and say like, yeah, no, I, I disagree. Um, so I think it's it's real easy for people to just jump on the bandwagon of whatever one else is doing so that they can be a part of something or to be cool. And I, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and I know that this is going to sound a little cruel, I just think that today we have a lot of weak people, um, like spiritually weak, mentally weak, physically weak, like people do not invest into their mind, body and spirit. So like they need the support of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a whole like our entire cyber culture is like based around bullying no seriously that it's so it's it's a tragedy and it's like it'll be somebody who's literally like in the in their room probably on a mat like on a mattress no shade if you only have a mattress because you got to get started but you know just trolling though like someone who literally has needs to be working on their own life talking about somebody who has a whole life and someone who like you can't talk about someone and you don't even know, like, like you never walked in their shoes. Like you are not Kaylani. You are not famous. That's a different life. It's a different tax bracket, different caliber. So it's like, it's crazy to me how people are trolls like that. It's disgusting. How cruel society is um, to a lot of these artists, especially the like black artists and Latin artists that come from impoverished neighborhoods and literally build themselves up to like upper echelon. You know what I'm saying? They build themselves up to like a tax bracket that they don't know. They build themselves up to uh, a exposure level that they're not used to. They're used to like, (laughs) you know, being somebody that nobody gives a shit about. That's crazy for them too, mentally. Like that's a shock. There's, there's a, there's a economic shock. There's a cultural shock. There's a shift in your life. The people in your life probably change on you. I think that it, you know, a lot of people are treated unfairly. Um, and, you know, you listen, Kaylani puts her life into her music. And like, if you listen to like, I don't think it was her first mixtape. I think it was her second mixtape. Um, it's the one with the, where she's, it's one of my favorite mixtapes too. You should be here. You should be here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, she tells like the story of her mother in there. And like, like a lot of her songs are heartbreaking. Like, leave her alone. I was so happy when her last, uh, I was at her last album that came out because she had some like, just, it just seemed like she had a mentally strong state of mind. And I was like, yes, she just seemed happier. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, finally. Yeah. Like she's came out of whatever that was. Yeah. And she started like speaking. Like, I know she had an interview on um, the breakfast club and a couple of other spaces where she like, you know, started speaking up for herself. And the crazy thing too, is like, she's still in her twenties. She's young. She's, she's younger than us. She's, younger than us. she's still in her twenties. Like yeah. leave, leave her alone. The crazy thing is like, you should be here for some reason. It, I related to that album so much as like deep and sad as it, or, you know, it was, it was like reflective. It was a lot of feelings that we all like, we will, we will go through it at some point in life. So like, that's something that I will play a lot, like, you know? So. I think the irony of life is like the harder you work and the closer you get to what you want, like the further you get from, (laughs) from like, I guess people that you were once close to. No, for sure. So, oh, wow. We're almost running out of time. Uh, So November 4th is the official the official like poll day, but we have early voting um, here in New York and in other states as well. Uh, what is your take on voting, um, specifically on the importance of the Black vote as well? My take on voting is to fucking vote, like literally fucking vote. And more so, okay, we know people don't like Trump, we don't like Biden. I don't even want to 
I don't even think, feel like we have to like go into that. We already know that, but it's more so about voting for everybody else on the ballot. And actually I heard this really good quote from my um, county clerk, but like from back at home, he said, the further you go down the ballot, the closer you get to your doorstep. So it's like, literally it matters who's making the decisions for the schools in your neighborhood, who's even picking up your trash and who's like fixing your roads. Like, those things, so the further you get, the closer you get to that, because people feel like, oh, my vote doesn't matter, but it's like, it genuinely does if you think about it in that sense, in that way. So for me, what'd you say? No, I was gonna say, I, I, I voted Supreme Court Justice. I voted for Family Court, mm-hmm. like, um, Assembly, man. Like there were so many things on my ballot. And you know what? So I, I voted early. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent, I mailed in my vote. But my thing that like I found bothersome is that like I had to do research on these people. I didn't know a lot about a lot of these people. And that probably has a lot to do with budgets. But today I start getting text messages from some of these offices. And I'm like, yo, like you guys were campaigning for how long? Why didn't I get these text messages like three months ago? Yeah. Who's sending me this? And I think that it's like that's like um, I think that's a, a political strategy. Like you know, message them just before they reach the polls so that you're top of mind. But like, no, I don't want you to just be top of mind because you were the last person to contact me. Mm-hmm. I want you to be top of mind because you were on my ass about making sure that I knew that what you stood and about. Who I am and, and, what, and what I'm about. Yeah, and I think even like just how it all works is so sketch and I'm not sure why like the technology behind voting isn't, it should be so much better. We should know so much more. We should get that shit to our phone. I feel like we should, you know, I don't know. There should be an app that has everything we need to know who, what, when, where, why, a video of them telling us who they are. Like that should be a thing. And I feel like voting should be like a civic duty also. I feel like it is in certain places, but here it's not. We should, we should also be able to have the option, no matter what state we live in, of whether we want to share our vote or not. And we should be able to number one, vote electronically because like the fact that you have to physically go somewhere, like I think is a lot, but yeah. also I should be able to like go live as I vote or like tell people who I voted for, because I feel like you find, we find ourselves in these scandals where people are like, these numbers make no sense. And why, I, is, it, why is it such a secret? It's such a secret. It's like, I can understand if you don't want to share because you might, you know, have an unpopular opinion, yes. but it shouldn't be that way. Like, I think that if I didn't want to share, I shouldn't have to. But if I wanted to share, I should be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, so one of the things that were was going around was like the rules based on your state of like whether or not you could share your ballot. So in New York State, you can't share your ballot from the poll. You can't share your ballot if you're uh, mailing it in. But there are states that you can't share it from the poll, but you can share it if you're mailing it in. And then there's other states that don't give a shit. Yeah. Just so and- odd. It's just just like all a lot. And even the whole thing, like with the absentee ballots and stuff, I had to do that. It's like even getting it was a struggle. It shouldn't be that complicated. You know what I'm saying? It just shouldn't be that complicated. So So without without going into obviously who you favor, even though I probably can guess, um, what are what is like (laughs) these debates were hilarious. Um, What are what are your issues? What is like an issue you have with our presidential candidates? And what's like What's one issue that you think should have been discussed that never was? They didn't, they don't discuss anything. Like, to be honest, like they like walk around everything to, in all honesty. Um, so. dance to what I want to say. You said what? The dance to what I want to say. It's like, oh, how, what are your thoughts on global warming? Global warming. You know what we really should talk about, Penny? He said, he said, he said. The climate change. He said, well, the climate is changing. Duh. <laughs> like, what? So, like, it's such a joke to the point where I just, I don't know. But I do know that I would love to see, no matter what people feel about Kamala Harris, like, seeing a Black vice president, even seeing her walk away with her husband at the end of the debate, like, that was, like, empowering as, as fuck to me. Like, it's because we've never seen that before, you know? So, but honestly, I couldn't even tell you what... I wish they would talk about because they don't talk about anything. It's just. And the uh, poor Kamala, she has been dragged for like some of the decisions that she made in the 90s. 
And like, <laughs> can we just revisit 90s culture and look at some of the decisions that a lot of people were making in the 90s mm-hmm. and the information that was out in the 90s, mm-hmm. which could lead to people making the wrong decisions. Um, and and not- that goes in a group thing. Like it's a group thing thing to not really be like, okay, well, let's kind of think about why do you, why did she do this? Like she was probably young and just starting out. Like who knows what she knew and why she did what she did. Obviously she's not, trying to do that now I I don't think so personally but that's just how people think I mean I think her presence in the White House is um in itself um powerful Mm -hmm. uh almost as powerful as when we had Obama in the White House I mean but like that that was iconic I literally cried that day by the way me too (laughs) literally cried I remember I was at Penn State I was sitting in a room full of exchange students um, he got elected and they were like, obviously he was going to get elected. I'm like, you don't understand. Yeah. That, thought. And that's crazy that we, that, that it has to be even the case, <laughs> you know, in 20, well, what was it? What year was that? 2008? Like that. Yeah. It's like that, that it took that long for that to even happen. Yeah. Um, Okay. So speaking of powerful images, um, how do you think that your presence in this media landscape, how do you think that you um, positively contribute to, um, you know, the upliftment of the Black community, but also like how do you uh, contribute to a positive Black image in media? I think just kind of like what we've been talking about earlier, just by just me being me and being myself. And also the fact that my work is all about like mental health. And if you don't have a strong mind, like there is no positivity, there is no uplifting anyone. And if I can spread that and help others get strong minds and help others be more mentally strong, then we are a positive force regardless. Right. Um, And was it a second question? Oh, no, you kind of. Okay. yeah like <laughs> I think if, if we get that and we're we are the shit like we are mentally strong like let, let me not even say it that way but if we can like imagine how much better we can be if we let go of like all the anxiety that we have and all those other things like they won't be able to stop us at all because they already they already can't this brings me to my last and most favorite question to ask every um guest it's always what a twist but what is what is your favorite part about being a Black woman paving her way in the media landscape? My favorite part? Hmm. They have lots of favorite parts. What's my favorite part? I've never thought about that. <laughs> I would say, I guess, getting to have an impact. Like, getting to have an impact and honestly getting to like learn from other women, having an impact on others and how the world's going to go. Like we spoke about earlier, like having that responsibility and like recognizing that and working towards that, like that is just like a very special place to be that I would never take for granted. So I think that I just love being black. Like it's fun. Like we're just, so much fun we're so like complex we're so multifaceted i couldn't imagine being anybody else we are beautiful beings we're amazing we're just forces to be reckoned with Mm -hmm. um penny i just want to thank you for taking the time to sit with me and chat today i really really appreciate it thanks for having me it was fun (laughs) this has been the eloise show ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you tune in next week and remember to check out Penny's podcast for your thought podcast with Penny and us.